Welcome to the first ever episode of Rank and File, where Nathan and RJ are putting political ideologies on a tier list from F to S, as well as explaining to our loving audience what about these ideologies makes us want to punch a hole in a wall. Because, as we all know, all political ideologies are bad. Welcome to Rank and File, the only podcast that has ever thought to use this crazy new ranking system called a tier list. I'm RJ, a democratic, lib-left, hydromatic, systematic, grease-lightning, communal anarcho-nationalist. And I'm Nathan, a guy. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um, if you can tell already, today we're talking about political ideologies and tearing them. And I, for one, think that political ideologies are stupid and bad. I agree. I also think they're very boring. And also identity <laughs> politics are fucking <laughs> stupid. This was your idea. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do it, is so that I can clown ideologies. <laughs> so you can diss on them? Yeah, because if you... Like, if you're unwilling to actually talk about policy and you just follow what your mm-hmm. Wikipedia page for fucking, <laughs> like, a certain ideology yeah, states, capitalist you're lame. I'm a, I'm a market socialist with uh, Marxist-Leninist tendencies. I don't give a shit yeah, yeah. because you don't actually know what any of that means. Mm-hmm. I don't either because I like to talk to people. Yeah, exactly. I feel like looking back at political ideology is a good way to understand like past theory and implement it properly. Um, you know, to understand your own political history before diving right in. But at the same time, it's developed such a culture, especially on the internet, that just people are basically weaponizing it to keep people out of politics. Yeah, I also think that it's it's a tool that's been used to like, uh, marginalize, mm. maybe not marginalize, but to to dumb down politics a lot and mm. to essentially like separate, especially in the left, like to separate yeah. uh, people depending on very small differences in actual policy because they have a different name. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's it it does do that because I think a lot, especially when you're looking at left versus right, the right is able to unite so effectively even though people may have individual differences in how they view ideology, whereas the left views that difference in ideology as like a jumping off point to where they can't communicate or like work together in a fashionable way. Yeah. So with that, and with our clowning of uh, political (laughs) ideologies, I think we should hop into it. Yes. So do you want to, do you want to flip on over? What are we going to start with? Some So right off the bat, we're going to start with Nathan and I's favorite political ideology, (laughs) which is, of course, conservatism. Everybody loves conservatism. (laughs) Going to a family get together and seeing your slightly racist uncle yell at your brother for having a different viewpoint than him and also moving on to the state of arkansas for having a girlfriend who's a person of color yeah yeah exactly no we get it we get it yeah um but just as a quick little jumping off point conservatism is defined as a commitment to to traditional values and ideas with opposition to change or innovation um or the holding of political views that favor free enterprise 
private ownership, and socially traditional ideas. Thanks, Oxford Dictionary. Woo! So, yeah, I think generally, I mean, we all have, like, concepts of policy thanks to the GOP, at least with us, since we're coming from an American-centric standpoint. Yes. So we kind of understand the concept of especially American conservatism with a, with a very Christian uh, morality and uh, generally social, like, stagnation, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. It's a very, it's trying to drag its feet on social change in America, especially, you know, like with last summer in relation to Black Lives Matter or like, I mean, right now the conservative Supreme Court is probably going to overturn Roe v. Wade. So we're just seeing a lot of issues with um, just social change in America and how they continuously refuse to go along with the trend. So... Yeah, conservatism, we're going to have to give you a solid F. A solid <laughs> F tier. Because, okay, the thing is, the entire concept mm-hmm. of conservatism is built on stagnation. Mm-hmm. And, like, humanity can't keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, we see that every single day. Yeah. It's- and I, even looking back at history, like, it was exactly, it's conservatives who were trying to continue slavery, who refused to address the AIDS epidemic, who wouldn't allow women to vote. Like, it's that idea that social change isn't necessary in a free society that really just corrupts political ideology, I think. But the Republican Party was the party of Lincoln, brother. <laughs> Dude, shut the fuck up. Go we're to also, talk to your wife. We're from, <laughs> we're from a Republican state, so anything that we say is not problematic. Yeah, we're from bumfuck middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, like, when we say this, it's because we live constantly around here. Yeah, it's awful. So, yeah, conservatism, we're going to have to give you an F. You deserve it. I hold no apologies for this. Um, suck it. Fuck Ronald Reagan. <laughs> So next up, we have the polar opposite of conservatism, progressivism, which is defined, once again, by Oxford Dictionary, big shouts, uh, as the support for or advocacy of social reform. It's a fucking boring-ass definition. Yeah, it really is. It's, I mean, listen, it's kind of basic, but since we did conservatism, it's important to do progressivism. Conceptually, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, and additionally, I feel like progressivism has taken on such a strange role in America because ideally, like, you want to associate conservatism with the Republican Party and progressivism with the Democratic Party, but I feel like that really hasn't happened. That does not happen at all because Mm -hmm. of the funny, silly, ha-ha corporate duopoly that America has on both political Mm -hmm. parties that essentially thrive off of each other. Yeah, and since, I mean, since we're we're cute little leftists, we traditionally believe that, you know, no real progressive action can take place under capitalism, at least in the way that we have it in America. And since the Democratic Party is funded by individuals who have an interest in keeping our capitalist system the way that it is, true progressivism is, like, very hard to find. Yeah, I'd say progressivism, as it's taken in America, mm-hmm. has this concept of... Uh, both an interest in systemic change and uh, a preference for reform. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's where that lies. It's like it's like a populist party, but without the popularity. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So it kind of it. Yeah. No. If it if progressivism was able to actually, uh, like usher in 
uh, systemic change, then I would totally support it. But I don't see that happening because it's so mm-hmm. stigmatized, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and as we tier these, we do want to look at obviously like its ideological standpoint, but also how it has come to fruition mm-hmm. within people who promote it. Because obviously, while we want everything to work out in a perfect world, that's just simply not going to really happen. And so that's going to affect how we tier it. So like, you know, progressivism, it really tries, but I feel, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a little soft spot for progressivism. I do too. Yeah. I, That's I, like, feel like, I feel like, I feel like it's like the baby jumping off point for like yeah. actual leftism. Yeah, exactly. Every single freshman like leftist describes themselves as a progressive, but really they're either just like a closeted gay or, <laughs> <laughs> or they're, they're um, a straight boy who's going to get pegged in the future. Wink, wonk, Nathan. I'm okay. <laughs> let's not dive into that. Um, so I, w- I would give it like a B. A B. I would give it a B. Okay. Okay. I'm to... with B. I feel like like right on the corner of A. Like if it right. tried a little harder, if it was a little less girl if, boss. If AOC, we were in like any other developed nation, mm-hmm. then it would be an A. Yeah, but I feel like it's just been so tainted here because so many progress, like people who define themselves as progressives, still refuse to say things like Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. or, you know, that abortion should, you know, like, like that it should be destigmatized. So, like, it's those are both progressive ideologies, but so many progressives in America refuse to believe that. Yeah. And I think that's because of the like Democrat Republican dichotomy mm-hmm. that really has no material difference between the two parties that really like to to say that you don't agree with everything the democratic party says automatically makes you like a leftist liberal mm-hmm. uh, revolutionary that's trying to take down the government and kill Donald Trump which to be fair, fair enough <laughs> yeah but at the same time like that really taints it in like the public view and in terms mm-hmm. of actual like the democratic process that we have in America it's not really accepted in that manner yeah. so it kind of gets fucked yeah it does so that's why we're gonna give her a b yeah well deserved well deserved progressives and we believe in you we believe in you (laughs) moving swiftly along next up we're gonna talk about accelerationism would you like to define i would love to okay so accelerationism is the idea that capitalism and technological change should be accelerated and drastically intensified to create radical social change Often, it may refer to the theory that the end of capitalism should be brought about by its acceleration. So basically indulging in capitalism until the inevitable point of its collapse, mm-hmm. then we can work on the good shit. Yeah, and I put this in the podcast notes because I know our best buddy Nathan is a fan of accelerationism. Well, And I would of. like to hear him defend himself. I have <laughs> defend myself. Okay, guy. Um, I, yeah, I have, okay, I have mixed feelings about accelerationism. Mm-hmm. Because I am kind of in the boat that, like, unfortunately thinks that leftism, either albeit by revolution or reform, is kind of doomed to fail, at least Mm. in our current social climate. And so I think that, like, realistically, accelerationism is the most, like, it's most likely to happen. But at the same time, I don't actually want it to happen because i feel like if it were to it would cause a lot of human suffering that yeah does not need to happen so i don't know i would not classify myself as an accelerationist but realistically i i would place my bet on 
that happening. Mm -hmm. You don't think that real social change or revolution can actually happen with the people until capitalism is pushed to its end. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day Mm -hmm. that basically summed up is like attempting to move uh, political like opinions to the left until we can actually achieve the society we want is not going to happen due to like how ingrained modern American politics Mm -hmm. is into like our mindset. And so I think that- Yeah, and we also talked about how since there's so little class interaction, like obviously a large amount of Americans reside in like the quote unquote middle class and an even larger proportion live technically above the poverty line. And so then it's like, if you're not actively engaging with individuals who do live below the poverty line or are living in like abject poverty, then you don't understand and you don't think that it's an issue. Like poverty isn't an issue in America. So you're fine continuing the current economic system in place, even though it's causing so many people suffering. Yeah, exactly. There's enough like at least perceived comfort Mm -hmm. in uh, how the like the way we do things that there doesn't have to be change in the eyes of the middle class when of course that isn't fault or that's not true for uh the vast majority of the working class but you know thanks to uh how politics work in america yeah. we have basically been told otherwise so yeah that's and we silenced individuals who actually need the most social reform yeah uh, essentially accelerationism kind of boils down to like the morality of like do the ends justify the means? Because right. obviously, at least from the standpoint of the two of us, the ultimate goal is to establish like some sort of revolution in which our entire, uh, essentially political ideology is reformed around a more like communalist or socialist ideology. Yeah. But that's not going to happen until enough people understand that the current political ideology and current political climate that we have isn't working. Yeah, but Americans are fucking dumb. So <laughs> not I, us though. Yeah, not us though. We're really <laughs> smart and big brained. And when the people at Trader Joe's call me out for being a leftist, I scoff at them because I have a higher IQ. It's not true. That was a joke for legal purposes. For legal purposes. For legal purposes. Yeah. Don't come at me at the FBI <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> don't cancel me yeah please <laughs> the director of the fbi <laughs> adds you hashtag cancel fucking rank and file podcast <laughs> let's see it let's make uh, it happen guys I can see it. we're gonna be labeled as like domestic terrorists honestly Had, yeah did you see yeah biden i, I oh, said you <laughs> i said that to you that <laughs> yeah like anybody who believes in the downfall of capitalism is a fucking domestic terrorist yeah and right like, when we wanted to release this podcast talking about yeah. how we want accelerationist theory and <laughs> Okay, honestly, America. I think we should just lean into it and become like terrorists. I oh, think that'd be kind of cute. Is that is that where we're going? Maybe we're gonna have to cut this out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Okay. What speaking of the podcast, we actually have to tear this baby and oh, stop yeah, talking about should, Daddy Biden. Should... <laughs> <laughs> Don't call him that. Tell him what I you want. You know, I have daddy issues. Um, <laughs> I think we should tear it at like. I don't know. It's hard, it's, isn't it? Because realistically, it's the best, but also that's a lot of dying. Yeah, that's a lot of individual suffering. I would say like C tier. C? I was thinking B. B, yeah. Because, you know, anything that brings about like actual revolutionary social change is going to be like an A tier for me. 
me. But here's the issue mm-hmm. with the amount of suffering that is brought. Yeah, it's that's just, some that's some utilitarianist bullshit. Yeah, and which, you, we hate utilitarianism. Yeah, fuck utilitarianism. This podcast is an anti-utilitarianist platform. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I'm gonna go B. I, I, I can get along with you. You can get along with B. Okay. okay. All right. All right. B. It is. B. It is. Nice job. Okay. Next funny, cool ideology. This one's called agorism. I would like to define agorism. What? Where did you get this? Where did you source this definition? Wikipedia. I've been, I've been shouting out Oxford Dictionary. Shout out Wikipedia as well. I think it's Wikipedia. Okay. Well, Wikipedia defines agorism as a free market anarchist political ideology founded by Samuel Edward Konkin III. It's a stupid fucking name. <laughs> that <laughs> believes the ultimate goal as bringing about a society in which all relations between people are voluntary exchanges dash a free market, end quote. Uh, agorist theory divides people into two classes, economic people who make their, their living through the market and political people who make their living by coercing others. They support a nonviolent overthrow of the political class by the economic class through peaceful black market and gray market activity known as counter economics. Yay. That was a long one. Good that you. was a long one. And I'm kind of illiterate. So that <laughs> so kind of applause all around. Thank you. I feel like this this ideology for me gets two automatic like bonus points. One, because it's peaceful. And even though I'm not a peaceful person, I can always, you know, especially in like the economy, I always am like, yay, good for you for, you know, wanting to at least pursue peaceful, you know, like revolution. Right. That's good. Number two, the guy's name is Konkin. Yeah, dude, I'm fucking conking a hammer Konkin. on political ideologies. Hey, just hey, kidding. I don't. Side, side note from Rebecca here. Um, if your last name is Konkin, hit me up. If your For last real, name is Konkin, hit me up and I will respectfully diss you. <laughs> respectfully diss him? Respectfully. Peacefully. Wait, that's. Peacefully. That's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, I learned that is. in English class. This is disrespect. disrespect. Okay, Yo, shout at, out. You're Anyways. learning. You're learning. Anyway, anyway. Back, to, back to Konkin. So, yeah. Okay, so the thing about. How do you pronounce it again? Agorism. Agorism. God, you know more about it than me, and you're still like. (laughs) I used to say agorism, but then we looked it up online. Agorism. I know. I'm stupid. Stupid. Agorism. Okay, so the thing about agorism that I think is particularly interesting is its specific focus on counter economics, which is attaining goods through what is called the black and gray market. The black market is like illegal goods and like buying and selling those. And then the gray market is legal goods, but buying and selling them in a way that is illegal. So like not going through um, like federal regulations on those goods. Buying non-FDA registered carrots. Oh my Lord. (laughs) We're going to take down the bourgeoisie by fucking. (laughs) By by buying. By buying beets. By buying beets without FDA regulations. Um, They're specifically against the red market, which is basically just the black market, but like violent product or like attaining products in a violent way, which is important to note. Yeah. Because obviously the black market has some violent connotations with it. Some. Like human but, trafficking. <laughs> but my man Konkin is my against boy Konkin is, is not a mean guy. Yeah. So my thoughts on this, okay. Like, as they achieve what they want to, I like the mm-hmm. concept. I don't mm-hmm. know how well a uh, using the black and gray market would work. Mm. Uh, I mean, on a large scale, I believe that that yeah. could work. Which too. I feel like is more what they're trying to get at. Right. I don't see that happening. Mm. But if it were to happen, that would be pretty sick. 
my issue with it lies in the fact that it just free market yeah. uh, in nature still. And so I feel like even if Konkin's little silly ideology were to be established, it would just end up devolving back into what we see today with mm-hmm. eventually late stage capitalism once again. Yeah. And then you just repeat the whole system. Right. Yeah. My my views on it is like it's the opposite of what we said about accelerationism, which is like with accelerationism, I was super psyched about like the end goal, but the way that accelerationism gets there is not the best. Obviously, that's creating suffering. While it's the opposite with um, agorism, yes. where I, <laughs> okay, that is how you pronounce it, <laughs> you pronounce it. where. Uh, I'm super into how they're actually going about it uh, with the black market and the gray market, you know, and like saying, fuck the government. Uh, We shouldn't have to go through you in order to just buy and sell goods like good on you for that. But the end goal for them is just free market capitalism. And the entire reason that the government really, at least in America, really got invested in like putting restrictions on certain like capitalists or like businesses, corporations, whatever, um, is because people were taking advantage of the lower class. And so that's exactly what's going to happen if Mr. Conkin gets his way. Yeah. So I would place this C or D? I was thinking D. I was thinking D too. Yeah, High yeah. D. High D, yeah. High Respectfully D. D. Because <laughs> to clarify, since we do not have a visualizer yet, we do have an E tier, okay? If we need to say it's oh, yes. okay. Because F tier is absolute dumpy S. Yeah, but E is like Nazi. E is... I would say that Nazi is going <laughs> F tier. but Wait, is E, is e not under F? No, it's above F. A, B, C. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Whoa. I forgot I... that word. Oh, no. Oh, wow. I can't even cut this audio because I'm can't. not re-recording this. You can't. No, this is staying in. Wow. That's embarrassing <laughs> for you, huh? Someone's just going to cut me saying Nazis. <laughs> Nazi <laughs> is like E. Okay, I wouldn't so put it I, all I actually, the way down there. I actually did forget that there was an E tier. So, yeah, so D is like middle. D is not middle. It's below average, but it's not the yeah. shittiest thing I've ever heard of. I would not yeah. complain as much as I do now if mm-hmm. we were to live in Yeah, Hawkins if some guy world. came up to me and he was like, yeah, I'm an agorist, I'd be like, I'd be like, uh, okay. Well, I'd still be like, okay, you're a fucking virgin because <laughs> I've never talked to you before and you're declining yeah. that you're yeah. a fucking agorist. I feel like I'd get along with this guy better than I would just someone who was like, I'm a capitalist because yeah. well if you do sucks. if you decree that you were a capitalist <laughs> it's because you have suppressed your workers like you can't yeah, say yeah. i or am specifically don't... a capitalist unless you're part of the ruling class mm-hmm. and if you are fuck you or you just don't understand or you just don't understand which, which also okay whatever okay yeah well um, yeah so so d tier yeah, all right. I feel like D tier is a good place for this guy. I I agree. Sorry, Konkin. Love you. Yeah, love you. Okay, we're we're done with that now. Stop, please. All right. So next up, we have apoliticism. Fucking stupid. Awful. <laughs> apoliticism is apathy towards all political affiliations. A person may be described as apolitical if they are not interested or involved in politics. A person may be described as apolitical if they want to divorce their wife but can't because they have four <laughs> children and that would ruin the family. 
This is, also a, because, this is an apoliticism hate podcast. Yeah, okay, honestly. If you're, like, privileged to the point where you can fucking be, call yourself apolitical, mm-hmm. then you, like, are a bitch. Like, you should use that position of privilege to help others, or at least, you know, have mm-hmm. try to give yourself somewhat of a platform, at least within your family and your friends, you know? But you don't do that because it's too much of an inconvenience for you because you're a little bitch. Fucking hate you, Trevor. His name's probably Trevor. Probably lives in fucking Iowa. <laughs> trying to think of like okay. a wooden state that wasn't Arkansas. <laughs> because I already said Arkansas earlier. Okay. Um, additionally, on the opposite side of the spectrum is that. I also feel like apoliticism really tend... Obviously, we hate people who just use apoliticism as an ideology to benefit additionally off their privilege. But on the inverse side of that like individuals who are apolitical simply because they've grown so discouraged by politics. Like this especially happens in like low income neighborhoods Mm. where people feel like politicians aren't listening to them, that a focus on politics isn't going to help them. Um, Any of that kind of ideology, like that, that just sucks. You know, like I understand where you're coming from because obviously we also sit in positions of privilege, Nathan and I, because we're little white, little white boys. Yeah. Living in the middle of fucking Midwest (laughs) country, but like at the same time. Yeah, no, I feel it. I I understand where it comes from. I also understand where it comes from with more privileged people, Mm -hmm. but it's unfortunate that like in all reality, when you have uh, a platform or even when you don't when you have something to fight for or you have like mm-hmm. a reason uh or the ability to do so and you refuse to it's it's a waste to me yeah. I-, I would also like to lump centrism in because if you are unwilling... i don't think we could lump centrum apoliticism and centrism are kind of the same shit mm. in my opinion okay so Cent- for right now we'll do that but we'll probably go back on that listen future. okay we can we can sidebar into fucking centrism then. All right, centrism. We don't have a definition for that because this wasn't planned. I'm going off the dome. I'm crazy. I'm, You're going I'm wild. wild. But um, centrism is essentially people trying to meld uh, socialism and capitalism together. Although because we live in America, most centrists are actually just sem- somewhat liberal uh, capitalists. And that's fucking lame for reasons we've already discussed. So I, I think that people, like, because centrism is built on, like, the concept of, uh, why don't we just try to find a middle ground? Let's just mm-hmm. there Like, I don't think that is conducive to actual, like, good debate. Like, that's not going to get us anywhere. It's like, why both sides have good points. Yeah. I don't give a shit, because one side is better, in my opinion. And you should be able to take a side... And actually establish something. Also, because I don't think that melding, like, socialism and capitalism into one is a good idea, uh, a la market socialism. Yeah, and even if you're not looking at it from an economics perspective, like, socially, when, even though I don't want to talk about centrism, so fuck you. But even, like, from a social perspective, it's very much viewing, like, um, like, Blue Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter as the same thing just Mm -hmm. on opposite sides of the spectrum and it's like an inability to understand the inherent differences between those two and understand like why one inherently works towards like positive social change and one towards negative social change is ridiculous you know and i feel like that's very much why centrist politics 
really, really sucks. Really sucks. Because suck it's ass. like you viewing two equally like um far out ideologies as the same simply because of their distance from the middle of the political spectrum is ridiculous because like at that point you can view like um marxist you can view the communist manifesto and mind Kampf as like the same the same thing just on right. different sides of the political spectrum but it's like they're clearly not yeah one of those things is inherently different than one the of those other. things is inherently based as fuck and the other is mind Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> could have made a really sketchy joke. You could have, you could have. Because I don't it want to be taking funny. over that fast. But yeah, back to apoliticism. Yeah, it's just, I mean, there really are two places, at least from what I've seen, that apoliticism stem. It's either from a position of privilege where you view politics as just like a point of interest rather than, you know, something that affects each of our daily lives. Or you view it as a position of like basically nihilism mm-hmm. where you don't view that you have any reason to get into politics because there's no reason to because you yeah. can't help anything, which also sucks ass. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give apoliticism a fat fucking F tier. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. In centrism, do you... I, I'd probably also put it... I'd actually put it in, like, low E I'd put it E. I'd put it E. Yeah, yeah I'd separate those two. Because at yeah. least, like, it has merit in being, like, mm-hmm. not conservatives. Yeah. And as much as, like... Here's my thing, okay, not to not to be a centrist for a second, but it's like the democratic system that we have set up in America literally only works ever if individuals are willing to participate as active citizens. And the more time has gone on and the more that like the GOP and the federal government has chipped away at individuals' ability to participate as an active citizen, the more that we see like apoliticism and centrism to your point, like continue to just come up and come up again and again in uh, American politics, which is so concerning. It's super concerning. So like, yeah, that's why apoliticism gets an F tier because like, I know that sometimes it's hard to understand like why it's important to care about politics. If like, you know, like nothing's going to change, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But you have to realize like politics are affecting every single person's day to day life. And at the end of the day, a refusal to see that and, you know, like your willingness to just be apathetic towards that hurts people every single day. So, wow, very F-tier. insightful. So, yeah, F tier F and centrism E tier because at least you have a position, even mm-hmm. if it's like fun. Even if it's just shitty. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And now, with an overly long definition for a moderately boring political ideology, Mr. Nathan Hamilton. Do you just say moderately boring? Man, this shit radically boring. <laughs> Anyways, classical liberalism is economically center-right to right, mildly to moderately libertarian, and culturally centrist. It was conceived sometime in the early 18th century as a child of the Enlightenment. Classical liberalism hatched the idea that individual freedom and a free market would result in a balanced economic equilibrium as long as monopolies were not allowed to develop and destroy competitiveness. Foreshadowing. He viewed free trade. He was who's he? Anyways, uh, he viewed friend, free trade as a path to universal peace and prosperity. He, I don't know who this he guy is. I think it's I think referring you, to classical liberalism. I think as like a, <laughs> you know we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. Can we respect classical liberalism's fucking neo pronouns, please? Anyways, he also often strongly opposed landed aristocracy. 
struggling against monarchism and reactionary tendencies. Yeah. Wow, really interesting and cool. Well, okay, so if, if you got lost between us making fun of <laughs> yeah, fucking you messing up the print. Oh God, kids these days. He had time to read through this and fix it himself. He just didn't. Anyway, I'm illiterate <laughs> classical liberalism in essence um, is basically like what America is supposed to be, as far as I can tell. Which you know, like um free trade but still barring monopolies to make sure that there's still competitiveness yeah making sure that you know monarchies and reactionism doesn't take place um so that personal freedoms prioritized yep, yep john locke enlightenment ideals like that that was the good juice that america was really really pumping <laughs> yeah, that's like of. the only thing i can actually give america yeah. credit for was like the ideals it was built upon. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. Fuck it up. Prager, like, you tweeted about that recently. Actually. Really yeah. fascinating. We can talk about that in a future in episode. A maybe. Wink, wink, foreshadow. Anyways, can we got? <laughs> can we not get off track? Okay, sorry. Centrism. That was a callback to you earlier. Nice, dude. Over nice, eight. dude. Yep. I wanted to talk about it because I thought it'd be an interesting conversation piece. I'm sorry, it I was wasn't. Being- Okay, let's just get back to fucking classical liberalism. Uh, so yeah, it's about boring as shit. It's the it, okay. It's not that okay. It only seems boring because we've been taught about it and like the quote unquote ideals of like America's political ideology for like the past however long we've been in school. That's why it seems boring. I feel like classical liberalism itself isn't like okay. If I didn't live in America, if I was in a vacuum where I forgot all about all the shitty things that America does. I feel like classical liberalism would be pretty rocking. Yeah. And also if you weren't to take a lens at all to the concepts and, you know, Mm -hmm, flaws with this, mm -hmm. because, okay, yeah, in concept, it sounds nice. We'll use capitalism to, like, uh, encourage economic growth, but make sure it doesn't get too out of hand. Yeah, but it does. It like does you can't you can't just say it won't let it get out of hand and then say that it won't because that's that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like we can see from many periods in American history, including right now, that monopolies and large corporations will always try to find a way mm-hmm. to manipulate the system or use the system to their advantage until they can become a monopoly and subvert the system and. Yeah. Gain. The issue with classical liberalism is it places such a big emphasis on how the economy, which like obviously economies are a big part of how a nation functions. But like in this sense, the laissez-faire economic system that classical liberalism champions is supposed to essentially regulate it, not only its economic status, but also politically and socially. And so, like, the fact that economics takes such a big precedent in everything that is classical liberalism, like, only slightly behind, I would say, like, the civil liberties that it promises, Mm -hmm. then that economic system is essentially setting up the entire system to fail. I agree. I don't, yeah. I'm also going to blame liberalism and classical liberalism for uh, creating the stupid-ass, complex-ass economy that we have today (laughs) with the fucking... Okay, fuck the stock market. Yep. Like, that kind of shit. I don't care. And it's dumb. So, that's just me. That's just my personal vendetta because I don't want to, like, learn about that shit because it's lame and stupid. It is. Also, I still don't really understand cryptocurrency, and that is not an invitation for anyone to explain it to I me. understand cryptocurrency, and I'm not going to explain it because it. the answer to... Seems fake. Your, your response to my, like, 
explanation will be like, why? And I don't <laughs> and have an is, answer to that hey, question. Hey, this so. is an investment corner. Okay? Oh, the <laughs> investment corner. No. This is an investment corner. How can this we forget is, about our classic investment opportunities yeah, yeah we'll we'll come back to that yeah we'll we'll bring we'll that circle back <laughs> yeah we'll circle back call us spear um anyways let's just let's, let's just hear this motherfucker let's okay. put this shit on the chill i say d c. C. Ooh, c i feel like you know maybe it's that it's that little patriotism that was bred into me and forced into me every time i had to say the pledge of allegiance every morning mm-hmm. with my hand over my heart right. and my seventh grade history teacher told me that muslims were the natural enemy of the united states did they do that and he once showed us a belt made in china and then burned it right in front of us because he said the communists were coming um what the fuck okay okay this is not happening in every american classroom i will i will specify i did not go through that experience (laughs) you're missing out anyway that's why i I would break this really because the communists communists are coming (laughs) what no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but i don't know i just feel like in a bat like okay america had it's had a pretty good run okay like it's shitty but like a- <laughs> it had a pretty good run like it's a fucking like olympic athlete no, that like towards honestly, acl honestly that's kind of how i view it so like okay classical liberalism i feel like is a c you know i'm not a huge fan of laissez-faire economic policy yeah not at all but i feel like its emphasis on like civil liberties especially like enlightenment era was very like like the time that this was actually like a big part of political conversation. It was so like revolutionary. And, you know, I just feel like it needs some props, you know, like he's a, he's classic, he's classical liberalism. He, he really opened the doors, I think for a lot of modern political theory and a lot of political theory foundation being like civil liberties. You know, I really do love how you have actually just assigned genders to each of our political ideologies <laughs> classical liberalism is definitely a he cis cis gendered he him mm-hmm. for sure that's uh, why see <laughs> yeah but like parades around as an ally but doesn't actually do that much I'd, I'd say that's where he lies uh but yeah i would put this in d because yeah as a oh, concept some controversy in in yeah in in a vacuum yes i agree that it would work but practically it I think opens the doors so easily for conservatism to arise mm. and for late stage capitalism to take effect. Mm. You know, that that's why I, I, I think that's why, you know, capitalism as we see it today has manifested as it has is because of uh, America's classical liberalism, uh, like those concepts spreading across the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think that because of that, I put it D because it's D. Yeah. Not C. Not you C. don't want to get I don't, into C. I don't think so. I'd say it's a high I high D. You're only saying that to satiate me. No, because okay, honestly, I could see this as a decent like middle ground. Yeah. Uh, but also early stage. Like yeah, this in the beginning. This is early nice. stage capitalism, but I don't know how much credit we should give that, considering, you know. It yeah, okay, fine, fine. I'd say high D. High D. High D. Okay. Good. High D. Nice Whatever. job, everybody. We did it, squad. <laughs> Hey, Rebecca, what's the next ideology? <laughs> um, it is anarcho-capitalism with That's girl just boss lie. tendencies. Don't say that. 
It's not. I think it's funny. Okay. okay. Anyway, the next ideology is communalism. More like communalism. No, communalism Com. is a political philosophy and economic system that integrates communal ownership of and confederations of highly localized independent communities. Cool. It is pretty cool. I mean, I feel like this one's fun because are you on TikTok? Nope. So there's a really big like trend kind of on TikTok right now where like a lot of individuals are joining communes. Oh. Yeah. Of like these, you know, exactly what it is. Like these little independent communities who try to like self-sustain and only interact with like outside society really in order to... uh, like trade for what they absolutely need, mm-hmm. and I don't. It's it's and it's an interesting ideology. I feel like it can turn south very quickly. Yeah. Um. Here's my issue with that, is because as a concept, I I think that human progress is good, and I think that <laughs> controversial opinion, guys. <laughs> I think we should progress as a people. Um. But I think that when you isolate into mm. smaller confederations and communes and shit that leads to uh a lack of like unity as like a species and shit and so i believe that while it's cool you're in a commune nice you're fucking living it up with your squad that doesn't really mean that i i, I feel like among other things it also it leads to like communism but you shut the rest of the world out you know and i think that that's but bad. okay here's here's my thing with it is like i feel like from what we've seen throughout history a lot like communalism and communism are very sim i want to say like similar in how they approach ideology but yeah. obviously they're different in how they view like statehood mm-hmm. and i feel like from what we've seen the only way to actually achieve communal ownership is in these local communities that are like very small because i think like the smaller the community the higher of a chance it has to actually properly um create communal ownership of whatever you want to say whatever it may be so like communalism for me i don't know if it should be like the one political system that we all try to approach but i do find it more um appropriate and more wordy uh more appropriate than capitalism you know which yeah isn't a huge you know that's like, not, that's not saying much right but like i i have to respect it okay i i can agree with that yeah i think that isolation it's it, it's like isolationism and i don't mm-hmm. think that's good i think that's like a naive concept yeah. but i think if you if you are in a commune or something that's fine but i think that like cutting off interaction with the outside world is a bad idea mm-hmm. in terms of you know the progression of humanity as a whole and like i i, I just think that leads to less cooperation on like a, a, a global scale yeah but like no country could exist as like just a country right exactly. so like even in america we have like the city of casper is a smaller independent community of a much larger state of a much mm-hmm. larger country of a much larger globe. So like communalism to me would be the sharing of resources between smaller communities. So it wouldn't be like the Soviet union where all of the resources mm-hmm. that they are allocating are on a national right. scale. It would be more like the community of Casper, Wyoming. That's where we live by the way. Uh, 
don't dox us, please. Uh, <laughs> um, like being just a localized community that is then under a more uh, communist system. I I'd say I'd say that's that's fair. I I I would I would agree with that like mm-hmm. interpretation of it. I personally think that um one sentence definitions of ideologies kind of uh, boils it down a bit. So I can't really make like the best, most accurate statement about communalism. Mm-hmm. But from what it sounds to me, I, I prefer, you know, a more like cohesive, interconnected world, generally yeah. speaking. I think that for social reasons and for economic purposes and everything, that's just better. But I also see the merit in having Mm-hmm. smaller communities to like govern themselves more easily in that shit i legitimately think that this is the most uh logistical way to approach socialism in america is through a smaller community-based communalism right but i also think that if you were to do that that kind of almost slows down mm. progress yeah. throughout the nation and i'm not a big fan of that because i, want, I get that i'd prefer the whole shit to just yeah it's, it's kind of a What's the word I'm looking for? You know the word I'm looking for. Nope. Okay, that's fine. Compromise. It's kind of like a a compromise. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from. I do think that it could very quickly, like, go into more, like, tribalism and, like, um, communes not working with one another. And exactly what you said, like, intellectual uh, prosperity. I I also think that, like, like, uh, splitting into different uh, communities and communes and shit, that is just going to lead to like smaller nation states essentially mm-hmm. forming and shit and that's not good and so yeah i i i see the merit in it and if it's done right i'd say it would work pretty sexily with mm-hmm. other like forms of socialism or communism yeah. or some dumb shit uh i shouldn't say some dumb shit because you know i'm a fucking socialist <laughs> you know what i mean Flex. uh but yeah i'd put it i'd i'd put it in like B tier. B? I, I'm comfortable with that. Okay. All right. Communalism nice. is going in. Nice B. one, squad. What do we have next coming out of the hat? Though uh, it's trans. Trans? It's not, it's not what I know. Trans? Happy not, Pride Month! Not happy Pride Month, but it's not that kind of trans. Ah. Transhumanism, actually, if you want a funny, silly, cool, kooky definition is an ideology on the far pro-technology end of the technological spectrum. Fucking okay. (laughs) That believes that everyone should upgrade themselves with technology to overcome both the most basic and most complex of humanity's challenges and eventually conquer the galaxy. The ultimate objective is for all persons to reach immortality and transcend all other political theorems. See, okay, here's my issue with this ideology, Mm -hmm. is it sounds like a role player's ideology it doesn't sound like anything a real person would say because okay yeah if we can improve ourselves with technology that'd be sick and cool and tight right but uh, like at what cost at what like is is the question at what cost and also like good on you i don't understand <laughs> why that un like creates its own ideology even yeah like yeah it's... no i i get it like i do i under this one is complicated because it's like yeah sure like the last sentence of that um definition where it's like the objective is to reach immortality and transcend other political theorems yeah that makes sense i feel like that is a good end goal like that is a good theory of 
political ideology, whatever. Right. But here's the issue. I feel like trans, you know, it, even though it didn't quite have the same definition, like tr- the ideology behind transhumanism has been used for like decades to explain why we should be able to like um, just stop people from like being able to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely leads to a very eugenics yeah. like type argument, which yeah, is exactly. not good. Yeah. We, we at the rank and file podcast do not support eugenics. So brave. <laughs> but yeah, Fucking, we're going to exactly... get taken out by that. at Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it like. It basically is arguing eugenics and like, yes, there's definitely a transhumanistic like world in which eugenics doesn't exist. And that's definitely not included in the end goal, but like it very much, it's such a slippery slope to be like our entire ideology just believes that everyone should upgrade themselves. with Yeah, exactly. Also like it leads into that whole like sci-fi worry that like, Oh, people are going to be able to start genetically modifying their children. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could happen. So it's like there's concerns it's, it's, it's that just... come with it, but those also come with any other. I would put this one at like a C tier. Yeah, I because don't think it's a threat. I don't think it's a threat either. One because who the fuck says I'm a technocrat or I'm a transhumanist or whatever the fuck? I don't yeah, even. Technocrats are different. Technocrats are well, different. We'll whatever. Transhumanists. I yeah. I just think that the human condition can be improved through technology. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, say, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Why is that the basis of like your idea? Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's boiling all of humanity's issues down to like we should just become robots. Sure. Yeah. Fucking yeah. I yeah exactly. And it's also like you, if your entire goal as a political like being is to just like transcend pol- all other political theorems and become immortal, you seem like a what? Yeah, also it's like if that's the only thing that you're pursuing, you're not actually trying to help people in the status quo. You're just you just literally think that humans can be better than what's happening. So like that's not great. Like basically all of the political ideology boils down to like this is the way that I think that society can improve. Transhumanism to me is like this is the only way that society can become perfect. Yeah. And it just ignores everything else. So so yeah, bad bad but but also but not i get it i get it i get it and if we were to reach the technological capacity to be able to like improve humanity as a species Mm -hmm. why wouldn't we yeah yeah eugenics obviously so i would put this like c tier yeah i don't think it's that threatening you know i don't like conservatism in the modern age like legitimately puts people's lives in danger that's why it's an f tier yeah like no fucking transhumanist is... is. Yeah, you don't see fucking like the transhumanist party out here fucking yeah. stealing babies that have disabilities. <laughs> yeah, that's what we know of at Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, the lizard people are taking my children. Anyways, so yeah, that's so C. So C. yeah, could could be a little better, could be a little worse. Nah. Boring one to end on. <laughs> kind of fucking lame. Damn it. That's all okay right. though. Well, it's alright. Yeah. Okay, so all in all, my big issue with modern political ideology is that it's turned into this big scheme to gatekeep politics from individuals who don't want to pour, like, hours of time into researching theory, which, like, us two idiots do, apparently. 
Um, there's been a number of times okay. where even like I felt alienated during like discussing politics with other people because I didn't understand all of the jargon that people were using. It took me way too long to realize that all of this ideology and political discussions is honestly like not needed a good majority of the time. And with the emergence of this culture on the internet, the use of political identities and all these like little subcategories keeps actual political change from occurring. At the end of the day, if you're into political ideology, great. But don't allow your interest to allow you to feel superior over people who don't participate in the elitist weirdness of political ideology, right? That's how people grow disinterested in good citizenship practices. So that is our takeaway. Now, moving on to the investment corner. <laughs> this is the section of our podcast where we give you sick investment advice in the modern economy yes today very important today we have we have scoured uh the mm -hmm. economic mm -hmm. uh status of this nation for for days months months years <laughs> a millennia maybe <laughs> and we have come to a conclusion that if you really want to strike it big, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. buy all of the gold. All, of, all the gold. of the gold. Not just, okay, I know what you're thinking. Really, all of the all gold. All the gold. But hear us out, right? The Olympics are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Olympics are coming up. They need the gold for the medals. If we mm -hmm, take it away, mm -hmm. they'll pay anything for it. Yeah. So steal the gold. Take it. Go to the no, bank. No, don't steal it. That's bad investment. Don't. Shh. Guys, okay, listen, I know I know you can't see this right now, but I have some air quotes up for the following sentence. Yeah. Don't steal from the banks. Yep. You have to legally buy the gold yep. through uh, through transactions that are approved by the government. Mm -hmm. okay, End now, quotes. Now we're good. <laughs> so so um yeah. Just That's get, our investment corner. Get all the gold. As long as you buy all of the gold, the Olympics will come not Ratatatten on your Rat door. <laughs> Call us Ratatouille. <laughs> and they will pay you anything to get a hold of that gold. So, so if you want to if you want to make it big, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. consider it. Yeah, thank you for coming to our investment corner as and always. And also, we are not we are not liable. <laughs> we are not liable for any <laughs> shitty investment decisions. Uh yeah, so with with the investment corner concluded, any any parting words? Um Yes. Okay. So <laughs> everyone, you're going to want to join us next episode we'll, mm -hmm. where we'll be taking a dive off the deep end, throwing ourselves to the wolves just for podcast fame <laughs> by ranking Prager University tweets. Yeah, we're going to scour through the most depressing mm -hmm. account on the entirety of the internet just to find a ounce of comedy yeah. in how fucking stupid it's awful have you noticed that they retweet themselves constantly? yeah they do and it, it'll always it really be tweets from like me. nine hours ago yeah, exactly. that they retweet and, and i'm like did you just not get enough tweets on no, it no because That's each of their right? tweets gets like 200 Mr. likes Dennis and everybody Prager. in the replies just flames the shit out yeah. of them yeah i cannot believe that they don't get more likes i don't know what that's about on youtube they pop up yeah and they like, do they have like announcements and shit and mm -hmm. like all of i looked in the comments and it's it's awful. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to be doing that. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. So if you join us again, you will listen to that and I will give you a big smooch on the cheek. Yep. Do you, mm -hmm. do you want to tell the people where they can, they can find us? <sighs> nope. <laughs> okay. I <don't> know. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us for episode ideas, questions, or to sing our phrases, you can Please. find us on Twitter at rank and file three, Instagram at rank.file, 
or email us at rankfilepod at gmail.com. But not too often. I have my notifications on for my Gmail and I like to sleep. So please do it during business hours. <laughs> business <only. laughs> please do it during investment corner only. <laughs> during only can, when you're listening to the investment corner, can you email us? Yeah. And it has to exclusively be about investment decisions. Exactly. Exactly. That's not true. That was a lie. Anyways, thanks for coming. I love yes. you. Uh, drive home safe. Wear a seatbelt. Drink a lot of water. Bye-bye. Rank and File is a podcast by R.J. Shane and Nathan Hamilton, brought to the audience by Anchor. Our musical intros, breaks, and outros are all written and performed by Gavin Greenwood. Our next episode will air July 9th. Thank you for listening.